Welcome to another Sustainable Wine Blog podcast with me, Toby Webb. And joining me once again on the podcast is Daniel Ravier, a winemaker and general manager at Domaine Tompier in Bandor. So, hello, Daniel. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. Happy Good. to have you again. Yes, thanks for, for seeing us again. We're standing here again in your barrel cellar, having tasted your 2016 vintages, 20 and some 2015s, and some 2014s, and now just finishing off on a lovely Tortine 2012. Daniel, since we last did a podcast and we talked a lot about climate change, we've seen, you've seen some significant changes here at Tompier. You've had the 2016 vintage, which I'd like you to tell us about, and you've also made a new acquisition. Mm. So perhaps you could tell us what's been going on here at Tompier in the last uh, year or so. Well, uh, 2016 was a very, very special year. Speaking about the, the vineyards first, because we have a very, very dry uh, season, uh, but when we heard about what was going on in other regions, we can't complain about anything. That was uh, a dry season, not very easy, but a uh, uh, good one. I think the wines are quite nice, and that was nice vinification. Not that much easy for us because, as you said, we, we have a, l- a very, very big change in our, um, in our domain. Is, um, it is the fact that we bought a new property, uh, Domaine de la Lédière, very, very interesting property uh, based in Bandol, close to our vineyards from La Miguel, and uh, uh, about, let's say, facing more like south east and east, and very, very interesting terroir that we have been vinifying in two places, here in Tampier and, uh, and uh, the major part, of course, in, in La Lédière. And, well, we hope, we hope it was um, a good. Uh, a good choice with a very very interesting terroir. Okay, and um, what's your long-term objectives with this new acquisition? Well, the idea for us is uh, to make the best wine as possible, and uh, hopefully we we would like to be able to blend a little bit with Domaine Tampier, and um, we I'm quite confident about that because it is a very very interesting terroir. And it was considered in the past, in the 80s and, and earlier, it was considered a bit like the best, La Ledia was considered like the best rosé and the best white in the Appellation. So there's no reason why the terroir should have disappeared from there. So mm-hmm. we hope to, to be able to show it a little bit back again. Okay, great. And where do you hope that 2016 as a vintage view will sit in the, the pantheon of Tompier vintages? For me, from what we've tasted, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good year. What, what are your hopes for? It's always hard to say something when wines are very, very young. I mean, there are so many opportunities that the wines could change, and uh, it, you need time to really judge vintages. But obviously, it's a very, very good one. It has probably uh, more freshness than 15. Um, the, the, the balance is really, really interesting. Probably not so powerful as 2011, but I think really, really interesting. So yeah, it's it's a good one. Let's say it's a ver- no. Let's say it's a very good one, and let's wait to see to make sure it's a, it's going to be a, a top one. Okay. Uh, we were also going to talk briefly about um, practices in the vineyard here. We, yeah. we talked a bit about biodynamics yeah. last time we were here, and from what I understand is you take biodynamics pretty seriously, but you can't go the full, perhaps the full way that some enthusiasts might with picking on the phases of the moon and fruit day and flower day, possibly for you know, yeah, labor picking, and practical reasons. Yeah, no, picking, we can't do that. I mean, picking is not possible. To We, we have two, two large uh, vineyards to, to, to pick on, on the, the 
the very very precise day. But we use it for, of course, all the 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 the, the, the job we are do, doing into the vineyards and also into the cellar. Um, except for rats, of course, we haven't found a way to <laughs> to to to. Um, Sustainably Compe kill yeah. rats. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you want to discourage them and send them somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. I'd like them to be outside of the cellar. That could be that could be interesting, but it, it's not that much easy. Um, but but then on the on the the, the the general aspect about biodynamics, of course, it's more for us. You know, uh, we had the feeling when starting that properly uh, uh, years ago, we had the feeling to 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 have been a step further and I wouldn't like to go back so and there's no reason and you feel you know when you're in the vineyards you feel like it's more lifestyle or more more interesting in place so yeah I'd like to, to keep going on anyway okay and, and some of the biodynamics enthusiasts you know we'll talk about how you use nature further around the vineyard I mean we were talking earlier about you know, birds and how, how seriously do you, do you guys take that? How far can you go with you know, encouraging the right kind of biodiversity? Well, uh, I'd like it to be, well, we'd like to, the problem is that, you know, in the South, the, the biggest problem we do have is competitions for water, mm. competition for water. So it means that at, one, at what time in the, in the season you must have, a, um, uh, you must take care of your vineyards and maybe compete with the, 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 the grass growing uh, by cutting it or even plowing the soils or, or trying this stuff. By doing that, you are going to reduce the amount of uh, um, insects you could find in your in your in your um, in your places, and of course you could. This is going to be a bit uh, less uh, birds, and, uh, and and that could be useful. So the idea is now to put back on some places, you know, more trees and more plants on the. Uh, on the, the, the I don't know you call them the on the walls or on the on the side of the vineyards, and uh, um, of course the biggest problem we do have now is white boars, because they are eating a lot. They are far way better for us to guess when it's ripe, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> they, they the don't nose. guess. They have the best yeah, nose exactly, in the exactly. They don't they don't guess. They choose and they know what they cho they are choosing, and the problem is that you know <clears throat> I have the feeling that now they have understood that. Uh, uh, it, it's it's safer close from the house, from housing houses here in in, in, in and Bondol is quite involved in lots of buildings, and and they have they have understood that it's easier and safer close to the houses. So they are staying here, and eating lots of grapes, and you know just sometimes for water. So just uh, mashing the the, the, the grapes ah, without taking the them liquid to, out. Well, yeah. and, and and you couldn't do anything after that. So what about putting a water trough out for the boards? Is that, <laughs> <laughs> that realistic? <laughs> uh, well, f well, some of the producers here, some of my good friends are good hunters, you know, but it's, uh, it's not very easy when you're close to the house to, to organize it. And uh, again, they have understood, I think they have really understood that it's less, it's less dangerous close to house. Mm. So close to houses. So uh, they are staying around and, you know, during night, of course, they are moving a lot. So okay. it's, it's still, uh, it's, it, it starts to be quite a, a huge problem in the South now, I think. Mm, interesting. Well, one final question. I mean, the, the last podcast we did, we talked a lot about global warming and climate mm. change. But you made a comment earlier about this, this barrel behind us here. We were talking about alcohol levels and we were talking about climate change. And, and you talked about how a, a bigger barrel can help 
perhaps mitigate some of these, these challenges presented by, by climate change for, for winemakers. Perhaps you could just tell us a bit about that. Well, it's just because of uh, with global warming, probably you have um, you reach a level of maturity that is more constant than in the past and probably higher than in the past. And with that, you have some uh, roundness, uh, nearly sugarness, rounding the tannin in the mouth. And to preserve some freshness into your wines, it's probably easier to use bigger vats. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But to keep it close to uh, what you have from the fermenting process without changing them too much, the bigger the vats are, the less you are changing them. So might be one of the, the, the evolution in the future, you know, using probably larger vats, wood yeah. vats, of course. So perhaps we might see an evolution back from, well, from these sort of 220 litre barrels back to, to bigger food reserves. Why? Well, in Bondol, you know... Oh, no, they don't use those, those small barrels yeah. here anyway. I mean, no, in, a, in a broader sense. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, but globally speaking, in, you know, even in the past, not that much regions were using uh, barracks. Uh, you, the, 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 the regions that were really, really using barracks were Burgundy and, and uh, Bordeaux, Northern Rhone, Southern Rhone, Languedoc, of course, of course, and Provence. We weren't using any barracks mm -hmm. except for ship, for shipment for, for the wines to, to, to carry them on boat or whatever you want. But in the past, they were they weren't using barracks here in the south.